Hello, Grace Point. It is so good to see you on this first Sunday of 2023, on the actual first day of 2023. We have survived another year, um, which uh, the way the last few years have gone feels like we we deserve a medal or something for that. Um, and, and New Year's bring with them a sense of possibility and potential, uh, the sense that something might happen. But also, in light of the last few years, New Year's can bring with them this sense of like something might happen. And so we enter in these new years with all sorts of possibility and all sorts of wonder and curiosity and all sorts of what is laying in front of us. Um, New Year's are a time when many of us make resolutions. Uh, and I, I apologize. Uh, you can probably tell my voice is a little funny. I've been a little sick over the last week, nothing serious. Um, and I'm on the mend, but it's just been one of those weeks. Um, but New Year's brings the potential, bring the potential for uh, us to make New Year's resolutions and I don't know if it's a thing you do. It's a thing I've done in the past. I don't really, it's not really a thing I've done this year. Um, I don't know if you're, if you've made one and you want to drop that in the chat and let people know uh, what you're resolved to do over this year. I often think about the friends episode where they make all the resolutions. That's probably one of my favorite, favorite episodes. Um, uh, so if you've made a, a resolution you want us all to know about, just let us know. But here we are, new year, new us, same us. That's sort of what we're trying to sort out. There is something about a new year that brings with it the sense of a fresh start. Um, and we, we really kind of love things that are new, right? I, I made a list of things that are new that are kind of great, like like new. This is not in any order of value, by the way, but like new car smell. Uh, we even can buy air fresheners for our cars, regardless of what state they're in, that will make it hopefully smell a little bit like a new car. Um, babies are brand new and they're pretty great. Puppies are brand new and they're pretty great. Kittens are, are brand new and they're they're kind of great. Um, one of my favorite things is when I get a new notebook and ink pen uh, and I, I open it up and start writing in it for the very first time. There's just something about that for me that is one of my favorite all-time things is a brand new, fresh, clean notebook that has not been written in where I can begin to write um, new technology. There's something about when you get a new phone and you're peeling off that that film that they put on it to protect it from scratches and you're peeling that off and or you get a new computer and you're taking off all the stuff on the computer and getting it booted up for the first time. Um, one of my favorite things is to get a, a new book. Now, I love old books. I have old books in my book collection, but there's something about getting a brand new book and being able to open that up. And there's just something about that new book smell. There's something great about old book smell, but there's something great about new book smell. Um, <clears throat> I often think about every week, I sort of have an internal clock that runs when my favorite podcasts are going to release new episodes. Um, um, I really am into true crime podcasts and I know that on Monday, this particular one drops and on Tuesday and Wednesday, this one, and then Thursday. And so I kind of map out what I'm going to be listening to based on when that new episode comes or, or even new music. Like when I find out that there's a potential um, that U2 is going to release new music in 2023, that, that it's not a guarantee, but maybe that there'll be something that we, I mean, I'm just so, so excited about new music. And then think about new movies. I, I've already been looking ahead at 2023 to see what movies are coming out that I just absolutely cannot miss. And there are some, now that some go straight to streaming and there are all sorts of other options, but there are some movies. I just want to be in a theater with popcorn doing the thing. And there's just something about that new movie experience. Um, what else? What, what, what do you think of when you think of something new that has something about it that really you just love? Feel free to drop that in the chat as we keep going. No, I, I think we also tend to idealize the new. 
like that if it's new, it's, it's somehow inherently better that if it's new, it's, it beats out the old. And the truth is that's not always true. The grass is not always greener. How many of us have traded something we had that was old and working fine for something brand new and the new thing was a lemon. It just didn't work out like we thought it would. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we think just because it's new and bright and shiny, just because it has the look of something new, that it's better than the thing we had before. And that's not always true. Uh, And the other thing about new is that new doesn't arrive overnight and it doesn't happen without our participation and our engagement, which is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this idea as we begin a new year and we think about what new means and what the hope of new is and what the possibility of new is and how new even happens. Because I think for many of us, there are parts of us that we would love to make new. And, And I'm not I'm not talking physically. I'm talking There are parts of us internally. There are parts of who we are that we would like to sort of get a fresh start on. There are attitudes, behaviors, and perspectives, and there are ways we've shown up in the world. There are all sorts of things that I bet for many of us, we would say, I would love to to have a fresh start there. I would love to have something new in that particular area of my life. How does that happen? And, And what does new ask of us? Because I think this myth that we've embraced that new just sort of occurs. Actually, it doesn't, and it asks something of us. So let's just think for a bit about what new isn't and then what new is and what it's asking of us. And I want to begin with this. New isn't about avoiding what came before. Um, there's this tendency, right? This grass is greener tendency. This, like if we can just pretend like what came before never happened and we can just have a fresh start, but that's actually not how it works. I remember when the this NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System came out in the 80s. We, uh, my dad, we got it for my dad for Father's Day. I think it was 1984. Um, and that original Nintendo gave our family, uh, and there were, there were three of us, my mom, dad, and me, it gave us so many good memories over the years. And uh, one of my favorite memories of growing up is that on snow days and back in, um, back in the holler I grew up in, we had a lot of snow days when I was a kid. Um, back in those snow days, we would gather in my bedroom and cause it eventually migrated to my room and we would play the Nintendo and we would play like, like games like Mario Brothers. But my absolute favorite was, uh, Technobole. And if you, any Technobole fans from the eighties, um, and I love those times when me and my dad would play with each other, but I also had this tendency of if he was going to beat me, I would somehow accidentally hit the reset button before the game was over. Um, and so he couldn't actually claim that he beat me because I, you know, the, the system had malfunctioned. And the reality is I, I lost. Uh, and new isn't about trying to avoid what came. It isn't about trying to hit the reset button and pretend that nothing came before, that nothing happened. And now this is this whole, this whole brand new thing. Um, what is true is that whatever is new, is it's connected to what came before it. For example, um, I recently got invited to write um, an essay for a book that's coming out later next year. And they told me I had two to 3,000 words to write this particular essay on this particular topic. And I, I was, I'd been trying to write it, and I had the idea in my head, and I was just having writer's block. <clears throat> then a couple of days before it was due, I said, I think two days before it was due to the publisher, I sat down and I wrote about 1,500 to 2,000 words. And I looked at it and I read it and I read it and I thought, this is absolute rubbish. It's garbage. I cannot send this to somebody to be uh, read by anybody else. It's just not good. And so I deleted the entire document. And then I started the next document and I wrote about another 2000 words and I read it and read it and read it. And I thought, this is absolute rubbish. I can't do this. I can't turn this in. And so I deleted it and I shut my computer and I went about my business until the next day, the day before it was due. 
I sat down and it's like it just came and I just wrote out this entire, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 word essay. And what I noticed as I was reading back through it, and this one was not as bad as the other two, I noticed that there were parts of the other two that lived on in this particular version, but they were different. They had been repurposed and remade and kind of transformed to fit this other, this better flow that I'd created in this document. I think that's what new is more like. It's not avoiding. It's not pretending that nothing came before it. I, I can't say that this third version of this essay I wrote just came out from scratch. No, 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 no. It actually was born out of the failures that came before it. Think about our seasons. We're in the middle of winter now, and I don't know wherever you are uh, as you're watching this. Maybe you're in, in Florida and it's warm, or you're in Southern California and it's gorgeous. But here, just last week, it was like negative degrees, and it was not a whole lot of fun. It's a little warmer now. It's, it's supposed to be in the 60s this weekend. But think about winter and how when, when I'm looking outside and there's snow covering everything, and nothing seems alive. And it's, it's you know, the wind chills negative 10 or whatever. It just seems like, my gosh, everything's dead and it's all hopeless. But then in a few months, new life is going to begin to spring forth. It's going to push through the ground. Through The, the ground's going to begin to thaw and, and new plant life is going to grow. And we're going to start hearing the birds chirping again. And there's going to be, you know, new insects flying around, getting ready to bother us all summer. Winter precedes spring. Spring can't come along and say, I did this from scratch. Spring is actually building on winter. Winter actually makes, in some ways, makes spring possible. It's, it's the, this idea in the, the scriptures of what we would call the Paschal cycle or this cycle of death and resurrection, that, that death gives way to life, that death is not the end, but it actually is the engine of creating new life. Another way of putting it, the way Richard Rohr has put it all these years, is it's actually about transcending and including. I think one of the places so many of us get stuck, especially when we look back, when I look back at the theology I used to hold and sermons I've given and things I've said to people, I it, it, it's just mega, mega cringe. And there's a part of me that for years lived at odds with past versions of myself and was ashamed of past versions of myself and wanted to distance myself from past versions of myself. But what I began to learn is if you slice me open, they're all rings in the tree. It's all part of the process. It's been part of my growth and maturing over the years. It's been part of leaving behind one particular way of seeing for another. And we can never be fully healthy, functional, whole human beings if we're living in such tension and such sort of uh, conflict with our previous selves. And what Rohr talks about is this idea of transcending that old you, transcending that old theology, transcending that old way of being. Yes, moving beyond it, but also there are parts to include. There are parts of you that get brought along with it. And, and maybe part of that process is being able to make peace with, yes, I once was that person and I said those things and I can never take them back. And I'm so sorry, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to do things differently and trying for just as just as wrong as I was then. I'm going to lean in to try to be more as, as kind, compassionate and just as I can possibly be. New is not about avoiding the old. New is not about pretending the old never happened. New actually is born out of the old. Second, I think new really is a process. New doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It becomes. 
it unfolds. All of creation is a process. When you think about winter giving way to spring, that's a process. When you think about human life from, from the, from conception to birth to learning to be able to sit up and support the weight of your own head and learning to eat solid foods and then learning to feed yourself and learning to walk and then learning to run and learning to drive and all of those things that seem like, um, as I'm watching my kids, it seems like they happen like this. All of that is a process. It, it, it all happens stage by stage by stage. When Jesus talked about the kingdom vision he was proclaiming, uh, he talked about it as a process of fermentation, that something new was, was being created from these ingredients um, that were combined together. In, in Mark chapter two, he describes it like this. No one pours new wine into old leather wineskins. Otherwise, the wine would burst the wineskins and the wine would be lost and the wineskins destroyed. But new wine is for new wineskins. And what he's, what he's talking about here is that uh, as wine would have been stored in wineskins during the ferment, fermenta, ferm, fermenting, fermentation process, during that process, um, gases would be released and it would require room to expand. And so uh, if you were to take an old rigid wineskin and put new wine in it, the new wine would not have room to become. It would burst the wineskin because the skin has no elasticity, has no flexibility. And Jesus is saying, if we're going to create something new, we need an elastic container. We need something that as this begins to grow and expand, as it begins to transform into what it will be, as the fermentation process carries out, we need something that can handle and grow and uh, change with it. And this is why new can be frustrating because new requires expansion of us. New means we cannot be set within the boundaries and the barriers and the containers of the old. We can't try to put something new. And this is one of the things I think about. This is just a sidebar. I think about this with Christianity all the time in progressive Christianity. I think we're going to have to continually rethink the forms and structures we use in this movement because in some ways, it often feels like we're trying to do the set. We're trying to do um, put better theology into a, a system that just doesn't work. And so I, I think we actually need new containers, containers that are flexible. I don't even know what that means. I just want to, we're just putting it out there so that I can come back to it some other time. Um, but containers that are flexible, that will grow, that will change, that will expand as transformation needs to happen because new is a process. You and I are always in process. And, and that's true. Physically, we're growing and changing, but that is also true internally. We are always changing and growing and learning and transforming. And new asks of us that we become elastic and that we have room for expansion and the growth uh, that it will take, that this new thing that is fermenting and bubbling up will ask of us. Not only is new a process, I actually also think new is a practice. It's, it's something we practice. So we've been on Christmas break for a couple of weeks and normally on Christmas break, everything shuts down. And this has been our rhythm for, you know, almost 13 years now or 13 years now or, or more. Um, but everything shuts down and we're, we're kind of home for a couple of weeks and we're still doing the things we need to do. But it's kind of a low key time over the last couple of weeks. Uh, our oldest, who's a teenager now, I'm still grappling with that, has been uh, he's on his middle school basketball team and they've had um practice, but it's been voluntary practice, but they've had practice every day. Um, not every day, but many days uh, they've had practice, you know, a few days a week at least. Um, and he's gone to everyone and he's been working on his skills and he's been getting better and better. Uh, and then he also got invited to some extra training with, with another um, travel team. 
And so he would go from his team practice for a couple hours in the morning, have about an hour break, and then go for another two or three hours in the afternoon where he would be working on ball handling skills and shooting and all of those sorts of things. And he's done this so many days over the break. I mean, if you were to take his hours and time spent either doing basketball things or thinking about basketball things or wanting to do basketball things, it has taken a chunk of his time, the biggest chunk. And yet he absolutely loves it. And, uh, he wants to dedicate the time to it because he wants to continue to get better and better and better so he can do the things he wants to do. That's the goal of practice, right? Practice allows us to unlock new skills and abilities and even understandings. Like this is why when you want to learn, when you want to speak a different language, you don't just start speaking the language, but you have to begin learning at the very basic level, um, things like alphabet in order to, to build up to the level where you're actually maybe in some broken phrases, able to communicate something, and then eventually you're able to, to converse. Or maybe it's you're trying, you're learning to become, a, a you know, you want to learn to cook. And so little by little, you're learning how you, over time you chop things a little bit better. And they don't, like when I, when I chop things, they look like somebody who doesn't chop things very often. But if you want to be, become a chef, right, you're learning how to chop those things a little bit better. When you're, when you want to become a teacher or a professor, when you want to learn a skill, when you want to learn how to work on air conditioning, Units, when you want to become a mechanic, anything you want to learn to do, when you want to become a, a dancer, all of those things require time and practice. And, and it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen instantaneously. It's something you have to build up your, your knowledge base, your understanding base, your muscle memory. All of those things are required to end up doing the things we want to do because new, learning something new, doing something new, becoming something new is ultimately about a, it's about practice. The way that, uh, the Apostle Paul puts this in Romans 12 is, uh, he says this, so siblings, because of God's mercy, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The assumption built into our faith tradition is that our minds should change that they should be renewed over time, that we should let go of certain perspectives and postures and beliefs and embrace new ones, other ones, because our minds are being renewed and we're creating new space. And one of the best ways I've found to renew your mind is to be in a practice of keeping your mind active, right? It's to be in a practice of learning new things and encountering new people, of engaging with things that aren't just the familiar, that keep us in, in that old wineskin, but that encourage us to foam and ferment, foment, foment and ferment and become something new uh, and to be as elastic as we need to be to make that happen, which is why new can be really frustrating because new asks a lot of us. It not only asks us, asks us to be expansive and expanding, but new asks us to be committed. It asks us to commit to our own becoming because it doesn't happen without our participation. I think we've long in the Christian tradition held this understanding that God is sort of like a fairy godmother who will just pop down and bippity-boppity-boo us into whatever God wants us to be. Or that, yeah, we'll struggle in life, but then we'll die and God will just boom, bippity-boppity-boo us into what God wants us to be. And the reality is that's not how it works. We become over time. We are transformed over time. We are changed over time. And if we want to become certain kinds of people, if we want to experience new in different ways in our lives, that requires us to show up and it requires us to participate in our own transformation and our own becoming. And then finally, I, I want to say this about, I think new is about a beginning. 
news the beginning. It's not the totality. It's not the end. It's the start. And actually, there's something about getting into the process and it not being new anymore. Uh, there are certain things that actually are great about that, right? Like when you're in a relationship and you get past the point where everything's new and then you get into the point where the relationship is deepening and you're actually getting familiar and you're knowing somebody, that's better than new. And so new is great. And there are, new is always available to us and inviting us in different areas of our lives. But new is just the beginning. It doesn't mean when it's not new anymore that we just suddenly say, well, this is not worth pursuing or this is not worth our energy or this is not worth our creativity. No, no, no. Actually, new launches us into a whole new journey and experience. And it's inviting us to continue to change and grow over time. And that's why new can be frustrating because new takes time. New takes time. Winter does not give way to spring overnight and, and does not give up easily. There'll be days coming up in a few months where it's going to get warmer outside and we're going to feel great. And then they're going to predict two inches of snow because winter doesn't let loosen its grip that easily. Right. That's how it works. It takes time. It's a stop and it's a start. It's a beginning and it's a it's moving backwards a bit. And then it's it's uh, to quote Paul Abdul, it's two steps forward, two steps back. That's just how it works. And that's OK. It requires time. It requires an expansiveness and it requires a willingness from us to participate in our own transformation. So as we wrap up today, I, I just want to ask you, as you think, I'm not asking you to think about resolutions. Um, those can, you know, those can, I, I've broken so many re resolutions the first week of January in my life, I could not even begin to tell you. I'm just saying, is there a place in your life? Is there an area in your life? Is there a, a part of who you are? Is there something going on in your life? And you think, I would love for a fresh start there. I would love for a new perspective. I would love for a new vision. I would love a new attitude. I would love a new whatever. Is there a place in your life? I think that that process begins by not avoiding what has come before and pretending it didn't exist. I think the process is partly about being able to say yes, and whatever comes from whatever is new is going to be built on the foundation or what was the, the building blocks of the old. And that's okay. It's actually how it works. So, so not avoiding. And then uh, working to become as expansive and elastic as possible because whatever it is is going to be challenging and it's going to ask something of you and it's going to ask you to leave behind certain things to to transcend certain things but to include other things it's going to invite you into that difficult journey of becoming and it will require some elasticity and so part part of this journey is about building that elasticity of heart and soul and spirit uh, to uh, allow you to become those things and then it's asking us to commit to our own becoming and to be willing to be patient, not only patient with other people who are in the process of becoming, that's hard enough. But I think one of the hardest things is for us to be patient with ourselves and our own becoming. And so I wanna encourage you as, as you're in the process of becoming who it is you're going to be, um, this is not making excuses. It's not not trying. No, no, I'm just saying, be patient with yourself. Understand what uh, Mary Oliver, uh, the brilliant poet said, things take the time they take. And, and you take the time you take. And that is not because you don't ha aren't trying hard enough. It's, it's, it's not because you don't have enough faith. It's because becoming is a process. Birth is a process. Being, creating a human being in the world is a process. And once that human being is in the world, becoming 
is still a process. So be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself, work on that elasticity of self. Mm -hmm.